The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hello and welcome to the Everyday Peace Show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and I am super excited about our show today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace. That's right, peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Can you even imagine living your entire life like that at peace? whole, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality, where I'm here to tell you that yes, you can. On this program, we talk about the philosophy of everyday peace as a system for us to use to achieve our next level of greatness. And to do that, we bring on the guests and the topics that highlight opportunities for us to learn and to grow. Now, if you're new to our tribe, the Everyday Peace Tribe, let me be the First, to welcome you as an everyday peacemaker and let you know that you can learn all about me, Dr. Drayvon James, and everyday peace by visiting my website at Dr. Drayvon James, that's D-R, DrayvonJames.com. The website includes words of wisdom, encouragement, contact information. Yes, you can find out about our leaders in high heels there. You can listen to previous shows there, interviews that I've done. You can sign up for our coaching program there all kinds of information. There's free gifts there. So if you're looking to develop your self-confidence and things of that nature, visit that website. That's drdravonjames.com. Visit often. Bookmark it as things change. We bring we like to bring you the latest, the latest and the greatest. We are nearing the end of 2022. Can you believe it? It's been a fascinating year. We've seen a lot. We've learned a lot. But we're still in this theme. Our theme of the year is it's time to improve my life. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love it. I hope that you do too. We take ownership of where we are, ownership of where we've been, and ownership of where we are going. How exciting is that? We have a fabulous guest for you today. We always bring you the best guests, right? We have a fabulous guest for you today. Rick Keller is the author of Chase the Bears. This is a very different book that talks about how to achieve your dreams. I'm super excited to bring him on today as we discover about chasing bears and how that relates to you and I getting to what I call our next level of greatness. Rick, welcome to the show. Well, so excited to be with you, Dr. James. Thanks for having me. I am super excited to have you as well. I got to first start off by saying when I got your letter of introduction about Chase the Bears, I'm like, what are we, I'm from Chicago. So the first thing I thought about was, of course, the Bears and Bear Down. (laughs) And I said, 1985 Bears. Everybody (laughs) was chasing them. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. So, but um, it, it deals with one of my favorite topics is about, you know, goal setting and what I call getting to the next level of greatness. And I'd just like to hear a little bit before we start talking about the fabulous book, which just came out, by the way, I think, was it uh, September 27th? Correct. Correct. Oh, I'm so glad to be at the forefront of this and introducing this to our, our listeners. But tell us a little bit about you and your background, because I think our listeners will find that fascinating. Well, I didn't meet my dad till I was 14 years old. And at the first meeting, he handed me this little paperback book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I really wasn't ready to call him dad yet. He was sort of a stranger to me. And so over the next three years, I read this book six times. And three years later, I was ready to call him dad. And I was ready to put the secret formula of this book to the test. 
And so even though I had been a very mediocre student, I set a goal to graduate number one in my class and that happened. And then I set a goal to get elected to the United States Congress. And fortunately that happened. And as I got older in life, I thought, man, it would be really cool if I could write a book that could change young people's lives, just like that book changed my life. And so it uses the same type of secret formula in terms of setting a specific goal the right way and affirmations and visualization. But instead of talking about people like Thomas Edison or Henry Ford or Andrew Carnegie, I talk about Barack Obama and Steve Harvey and Dolly Parton and Jim Carrey and regular people like me. So I think it's more relatable for people because it's not just celebrities, but regular folks too who have made it. Uh, but it's the same timeless formula. And what makes it a little bit different, it, it talks about in essence, essentially, look, to, to be the best version of yourself, you have to use your gifts and take chances that are aligned with your purpose. But what makes it a little different from others is it gives you the how-to part, how to do it, What a, a three-step formula that for me is kind of like David versus Goliath. This was my slingshot. And at this point in my life, I really don't want to get the trophies anymore. I want to help other people get the trophies. And that's why I wrote this book. Oh my goodness. I'm smiling because as many of our listeners know, I still practice every day. I run hospital pharmacies as a pharmacist for over 30 years. And I, I'm smiling because uh, I was walking to my car and a colleague said, can I walk with you? I said, absolutely. And so I hope she's um, going to listen to this show because I talked a little bit about you and about your book and it was in line with what she was talking to me about, you know, um, uh, having a doctorate degree and thinking about going back to college to get something else because she's not satisfied with what she's doing now. And just, you know, and we talked about the um, self-discovery and goal setting and all of these things. And of course, you're a high achiever, but at some point in your life, the goal is beyond you, right? The vision is beyond you and your vision is to serve right? And and you can find your happiness there. And in, in your book, I could tell that too, that you you were here for the reader, for the reader to get to the next level. And it was all about giving and serving. Absolutely. My view is that your mission and my mission is the same. And that is, it is our job to use our gifts to serve the greater good. That's it in a nutshell. That's your mission, my mission. We all have different gifts, but that's what you're supposed to be doing. And it's, it's my view that if you are using your gifts to serve the greater good, you might stumble, but you're not going to fail on a permanent basis. Oh, I got to write that down. And I hope our listeners get that. I love that. That's uh, what they call it, quotable, right? You might stumble, <laughs> but you will not fail. Know the yes. difference. Know the difference, right? You could be stumbling for a long time. This is not a failure. Everything in that stumble can be used to propel you forward and to propel somebody else forward. My goodness gracious, how often do we reach back in our archives of our own story when somebody is going through something? Say, hold on a second. It's always too soon to quit and it's never too soon to start because if you were to know where I was five years ago, you'd be like, oh my gosh, right? Right, so, right. We're, stum we're stumbling, not failing. And, and the key is when you set that goal, make sure it's within the area of your gifts. And then if it is, then I wouldn't worry about the stumbles. And so let me give you like a practical example, if I can. When I ran for the United States Congress in 2000, there were three very high profile races for the U.S. House of Representatives. There was my race in Florida. 
future vice president Mike Pence in Indiana and this guy in Illinois. And I won and Pence won. And the guy in Illinois lost. It was a blowout, embarrassing, 31 points. And years later, I always wondered to myself, whatever happened to that guy, you know? And one day I'm in the checkout line at my uh, supermarket and I see him and he's smiling ear to ear on the cover of People magazine. And I thought, I guess he turned out all right. And his name is Barack Obama. <laughs> and that's the guy, you know, he, he, he had a stumble, but it was because the universe had a lot bigger plans than he had for himself. He, he wasn't meant to be in the House of Representatives, but he was using his gifts, his natural gifts of public speaking and humor, and he put it all together. It's a perfect example. And what, what's interesting about that is that everybody stumbles. Since, since I've been alive, I, since 1964, 100% of the presidents of the United States have lost an election at one point in their life. George W. Bush lost when he ran for Congress. Mike Pence lost twice when he first ran for Congress. Abe Lincoln lost five times. We all stumble. That's okay. But if you're using your gifts for the greater good, it's going to turn out. It's going to be a happy ending. Oh, I love that. And so I, I want to say for, you know, a lot of times we hear those names, right? And we feel small, right? We, we feel like, oh, my contribution is that not that um, great. But no matter where we are in our in our life, that's so encouraging to know that there's nobody who reached what we call greatness, right? There's greatness right now in your home, right now, on your in your neighborhood, on your church. There are people doing great things. Nobody may, may not know about it. Doesn't mean it's not great, right? Um, but we hear those stories and we think, well, it could never be me. But I love the fact that you point out that every last one of those people who are in politics or high profile people failed, lost an election, all of these things happen. And one thing they have in common, which we all have control over, right? Because we know we want to be in control of everything, don't we? We all have control over not quitting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in my book, I talk about people who, who are famous, but also people who aren't very famous, who who change the world with, with little actions. And I tell a little story that um, nobody else knows that hasn't been told on the national level. But just to give you an example, there's a young guy or not young, but a, a guy who's a relatively uh, humble, normal person working at the Orlando airport as an immigration inspector. And one day, a month before 9-11, this guy comes through from Saudi Arabia and he didn't speak English. So he had to ask him some questions and it was like, something's off with this guy. His intuition says something's wrong. I mean, his paperwork was normal. His criminal background check was normal, but this guy was hostile and it was just the worst vibe he'd ever felt. And he said, uh, where's your return ticket? And he said, I don't have one. He said, where's your hotel? What are you staying? He's I'm not going to tell you. And he was angry. And, and he was like, I'm just going to rely on my intuition. I don't know what's about to happen. But I know something bad is about to happen, and I'm not going to let you in to the United States. And he sent him back home. A month later, it's 9-11, and I'm in Washington, D.C., and, and I'm in my office, and the first plane hits the World Trade Center, second plane, then the third plane hits the Pentagon. And that point, we were like, oh, my gosh, we may be the next target. And so we exit the building. People are screaming. And I was wondering, when is it going to end? And it ended when that plane went down, United Flight 93, in Pennsylvania. 
and it was 20 minutes flying time from Washington, D.C., headed for the Capitol building. And so it was the only plane that day that didn't make it to its intended destination. The only plane that had four hijackers instead of five. The fifth guy who was supposed to be the muscle was the guy that that this man in the airport, Jose Melendez Perez, blocked. And by him using his intuition, saved my life, saved the Capitol Dome from being decapitated, hundreds of people. And the story doesn't end there. That guy who he stopped was later sent to Guantanamo Bay. And we can't find Osama bin Laden. And we're like, man, somebody in CIA says, I bet, I bet he's with his courier. That's how it works over there. And that that's who he was with. We got the name of the courier from this guy. That guy who Jose Melendez Perez stopped is the same guy that let, led us to bin Laden. One little man all by himself in a 10 by 10 room, trusting his intuition, changed the world, changed the world. You just gave me chill bumps. How often do we not trust our intuition because we are looking outward right? With these physical, natural eyes, right? I always say that our eyes should point inward. We'd be so much better, but we're looking outward for the answer. We're looking outward for somebody to agree with us, right? To validate us when all along there's like our intuition, our little, our little large self, you want to say it that way, inside of us jumping up and down saying, choose me, choose me. I know the right way. I feel it in, I feel it in my bones. And we don't pay attention because we've not been taught to rely on that inner voice, to be still and to know. We've not been taught that, right? You're absolutely right. We've been taught the opposite. We've been taught, oh, make a list of the pros and cons. And if there's six pros and two cons, then do it. Um, that's not the way to do it, man. I mean, you you are given your intuition. Uh, to me, it's like this. I think um, prayer is sending a text message to God. Intuition is him writing back. It's, it's from a higher source, you know? And I faced it. I faced a real dilemma when I was a young man. I was uh, I was lucky enough to be first in my class. I was pre-med and I volunteered at the hospital for selfish reasons to look good on med my med school application. And I hated it. I hated the sight of blood. I don't like x-rays. I'm I just like, I'm not cut out for that, man. And I didn't want to hurt my parents' feelings. So it's like my logic told me to um, to go ahead and go to med school. And my intuition said, uh, no, man, you, you, your gifts are for law and politics. And so I had to wrestle with it. And it was hard. It took me a year to decide. And finally, I found myself in a bar in the Pocono Mountains. So sad. And I was like, Jesus, take the wheel here. I, I need a sign. I, I, I can't figure this out. And I opened my eyes and there was a sign that said a politician was having a barbecue the next day with free food. And I thought, that's it, man. That's it. And I, I never looked back. And I decided that I was going to use my gifts to help poor kids go to college because I was raised by a single mom. And every door opened up after that. I got into Vanderbilt Law School. All the doors opened up. I got elected to Congress. But it took me trusting my intuition. And every other person told me it was a wrong decision. Well, being a doctor, you're going to drive a Porsche. You're going to live in a mansion. Politicians, lawyers, used car salesmen, they're all sleazy. What, what are you thinking, you know? Uh, nobody thought it was the right decision, but I trusted my intuition and it was the right decision.
So we're back and we're talking about trusting your your intuition. And you put so much in that story. I don't want our listeners to gloss by that because as a life coach and I, and I, and I, and I'm an executive coach and I'll tell you, I, I hear the same thing all the time and you hit it on the head and here you are flesh and blood, real live man telling these stories from your own life. And they are what I call in my coaching business, the distance, the difference between being in your head and being in your body, right in our head. And I just want to use your story, which you just told so wonderfully your head, your intellect said here is something that your body is rejecting, which is going to med school, honorable profession. Yes, absolutely honorable. You would have helped a lot of people. You're a bright guy. Uh, like it or not, you would have you would have been successful at it, right? In your your head is telling you do that. You, the people around you are telling you do that, but your gut feeling, if you will, your intuition, yourself, is saying we are not happy with this good thing, because medical school is a good thing, we got a better thing for us where we will be able to serve as our authentic self and give from that space of what I call overflow. Because you're feeding yourself and you're feeding others. It's, it's coming back and it's giving you this goodwill. And you had the courage. You had the courage because it, it was courageous. It may not seem like that right now because you're already a successful politician, writer. You're, but in that moment, 19, 20, 22 years old, we can all remember that time in our life, heck, 50 and 60 even still, where we're at war with what the head says and what the intuition knows. Absolutely. Absolutely. My, my view is trust your intuition, no matter how unconventional or unpopular it seems. Uh, successful people trust their intuition. Oprah trusts her intuition. Steve Jobs trusts his intuition. Trusting your intuition is is so incredibly important. It's it's your internal GPS system, and we all have it. Oh my goodness, I love it. And I and for and for our listeners, this is Everyday Peace. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. We're talking to Rick Keller today. the The title of the book is Chase the Bears. And tell us tell us how I, it's fascinating to me how you came up with the title. And um, tell us a little bit about the book and your wonderful wife Lori. So I'm sitting having coffee, reading the Sunday paper with Lori, and we look outside our window, and there is a family of bears going by, a mama bear and three little cubs. And we live a couple miles from the woods. We've never seen it uh, before. And Lori's a, a bright girl, got a Harvard MBA. Uh, but we did something stupid. We didn't even talk. We didn't think. We just jumped up and chased the bears because it was such a magnificent experience. And we want to continue it to see these cute little cubs run. And we never caught them. And, and it was so silly because a, a black bear is, is a great bear. It's not aggressive unless they feel their cubs are threatened or you chase them. They can run 35 miles an hour, an Olympic sprinter, only 28 miles an hour. So if that mama bear wanted to come after us, she probably could have got us. Now, I knew I could outrun Lori, so I wasn't super worried. But I said to her afterwards, I said, Lori, that's nuts. But in, but in a way, um, it's a metaphor in life because most people would be content to stay inside, play it safe, and look out their window as life passes them by and eventually the clock runs out. And some people go for it. They chase their dreams. They chase the bears. Lori said, Rick, that's going to be the name of your book. And that's uh, how we named it. Chase the bears, little things to achieve big dreams. Little things to achieve big 
things. And I love that too, because we're always looking for that huge, you know, uh, when, when you land the big one, right? Uh, my When my ship comes in sort of kind of thinking, right? That uh, we are, we're in the meantime, I think a lot of times, uh, walking over or skipping over these great opportunities to make some small, infinitesimal small uh, changes in our behavior or our, our actions at any given day that could lead to huge results over time. How can you talk to us a little bit about that? A person, first of all, how does one connect with their intuition. That's number one. I, and I got, I got follow-up questions, but my mind is running a mild a minute because I know there's a listener out there right now on the cusp of something great. And they're about to listen to their head when they should be listening to their intuition. How do they develop that skill to know the difference? You know, it's, it's a, it, it's listening inward is, is blocking out the noise. And for me, I can just tell you for Rick Keller, the difference between say intuition or emotion, like I may have an intuition that, uh, you know, I should, I should do public speaking and go into politics on Monday. And I also may think, oh man, I just saw some guy flirting with my girlfriend and I'm jealous and I feel like, you know, my, my intuition says kick his butt, you know, but if three days goes by, I'm not going to be jealous anymore, but I'm still going to want to do public speaking. I'm still going to want to use my gifts. And so it's the thing that's with you that won't go away that, that you're, you're gifted in it. And, and everything is screaming at you. Use your gifts, man, use your gifts. And to your point about taking chances, I, I'm not talking about crazy chances like evil can evil trying to jump the Snake River Canyon. I'm talking about set a goal that's within the area of your gifts and then little tiny baby steps. And so if I can give you just one example, when I set a goal to graduate first in my class with a 4.0 pre-med, I was a horrible student. I was a guy who was captain of my football team, threw the keg parties, C student. And so I set this goal. And so there was no way I'm going to show up on campus and take organic chemistry and calculus and physics and, and get A's that semester. So since it was my first step here, you know what I took my first semester? I took badminton and softball and two public speaking classes and sociology classes and psychology class. You would have to try hard not to get an A in those classes, right? But it was just a baby step. And I took the easiest classes with the easiest professors. And I came back home and I had straight A's for the first time in my life. And it built my confidence. And so next semester, I took a little bit harder classes, not much. And I didn't roll into the big classes for two or three years, you know, because it was just a series of baby steps. By the time I took organic chemistry, I, I had my groove on, man. And it was, it was, it's not an easy class, but I got the highest grade in the class. And I'm not good at science, but for three years, I'd learned how to study. And, and so that's what I'm talking about. Little baby steps that are aligned with your purpose. If something is aligned with your purpose, nothing is beneath you. Not, not one thing. Like, for example, I love public speaking. If somebody asked me to go speak to a group of third graders and there's eight kids at a private school, I do it. I do it. I, I love it. If, if you ask me to, you know, go help reprogram a computer, I, I'm not going to do it. You know, if you give me a million dollars, you know, is this is not my gifts. But if something is aligned with your gifts, take those baby steps and move in that direction. That's that's my view. 
Oh, you made it so easy. You've made it so easy. I hope our listeners picked up on that right now, wherever you're doing right now. If two things he said here, right? And I hope you're writing this down for our listeners because we're bringing this to you because I truly believe that within each and every one of us is the seed for greatness. And so Rick Keller is here today. He's pouring the water and fertilizing it for us, right? But we got to make sure that it takes root. And you, you you make sure things take root by taking baby steps. The first baby step that I heard in there is that you know your dreams. You know that part of yourself that's been nagging at you for years, right? You know that part of yourself that says, yeah, man, I really want to do this. I really ought to do this. I've been thinking about this. And every time you hear about it, it excites you. And it's been there for years, right? It's not the flash in the pants thing that, hey, you know, I I, I don't know, you know, start flipping houses. If that's your thing, please do it. But for, for a lot of us, we see the infomercial. I, and I sit there sometime. I, I couldn't hammer a nail if somebody else was using my using their hand to have me help them. But I sit there and I'm like, I could do that. No, <laughs> honestly, you cannot, Trayvon. Not your gift, right? But know, know your gifts, you know, so get a chance to really take the opportunity to get to know yourself. That is the number one thing. And the number two thing that I heard there, Rick, which I absolutely love is give yourself a win, set yourself up for a win. That's right. Give yourself a what unfair or fair advantage. I don't care what it is. He, he started off by saying he took the easy courses. Why? Because they were exciting to him. He was interested in them. And because he could get a 4.0. Can you imagine what it looks like on a, on your transcript to see a 4.0? You want to keep that. You, you're, you're, you've already, you've given yourself uh, fuel, right? You've proven yourself, right? Something yeah, yeah ab ab absolutely. You know, and people say, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, what what is my dream? I'd answer that this way. A Albert Einstein said, if I had a problem and my life depended on it, I had one hour to solve it my, and my life is at stake. I would spend the first 55 minutes trying to figure out the right question to ask. And once I know that right question to ask, I'll solve the problem in five minutes. Well, if the problem you have is what is your dream? What are you, what are you going to do in your life? What are you supposed to do? Here's the question to ask yourself. What is your gift? What do you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort? What do you love doing? What do you do that when you start it, you feel like you're a six, 45 minutes later, you feel like a 10? What do you do that at six o'clock at night? Next thing you know, it's midnight and time just went by. What What is that thing that you love doing that's easy for you, but hard for other people? That's the thing you're supposed to be doing. So you can fail at what you don't want. So take a chance on doing what you love and use that gift. Oh, I hope you guys are as excited as I am. I'm smiling from ear to ear because I know this to be true. Your happiness is like a guide. People say, oh, don't pay attention to your emotions so much, but this is the internal happiness. That thing that sets you ablaze inside, you perk up. That is the universe saying, hello, I'm putting some lights along this pathway. Will you please run towards the light and stop hiding in the darkness of what brings you misery? I know I, when I, I tell the story all the time, I said, I, my whole life, I used to hear people say short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. And I believe that I, I coach my children, you know, I got a kid in grad school, a kid in undergrad, and I, I used to tell them that all the time, study first, cartoons later, right? But as you go along your path and you become a disciplined thinker, you're also paying attention to 
where is it that went, just like you said, it's six o'clock in the afternoon. And before I know it is midnight and I'm still going strong because I'm so engaged. I was in high school and in a senior seminar and the speaker said, what, write down a thing that you would do for free. Great question. I didn't know why I wrote it down a piece of paper. And then he continued doing this, you know, seminar at the end of the seminar. He says, turn that piece of paper over. He said, that's what you need to major in in college. We were all getting ready to major in something in college, right? And so true is the thing that gives you so much joy. You'd almost pay to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the, the best stories that I tell in my book that personally inspired me the most was a Steve Harvey story. And he tells the story that he was in sixth grade and the teacher had as an experiment, everybody write down what you want to do when you grow up. And everybody's right now, fireman, policeman, doctor. And he wrote down, I want to be on TV. And she called him up to the front of the class. He thought he was going to get a gold star. And she kind of poked fun of him. What, who do you know on TV? Who, who in this school is on TV? That's ridiculous. I'm going to talk to your mom and wait till you get home. You need to think about something real. Got home. She already talked to the mom. And mom says, what were you thinking, boy? You know, you, why don't you put something normal? And not his dad. His dad said, what's wrong with that? He said, you write that down on a piece of paper. You read it every morning. You read it every night. And you and it's going to happen for you. And so later, you know, Steve Harvey's worth $200 million. He's on TV every day. And he said, I sent her a flat screen TV every Christmas because I want her to see me. You know, but, 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 but the dad had it right, you know, and whether Steve Harvey to me is given a motivational speech or whether he's a king of comedy or whether he's doing family feud, it's irrelevant because all of those are using that gift, that, that inspirational humor. And so that's the key thing. I think too many of us align our, our self-esteem and our self-worth with the job title. It ain't about the job title. It's about using your gifts every day. Every day, every day. And that's when we're at our best for serving because we started off talking about, you know, when I read your book, I, the whole thing that came across to me was this was a guy who wanted to give me something, right? Wanted to add something to my life. Absolutely. And when you write a book and I, it's funny because I initially started out, I was thinking I was going to write a memoir and I was, I was talking to a friend and I was like, you know, may maybe I should do a self-help book and maybe that would be easier to get a book deal. And she said, forget a book deal, forget a literary agent, forget all that. Why don't you actually write something that tries to help people? Why don't you do that? The rest of it, take care of itself. And when you write to help people, you write from a place of, of vulnerability, you know, and, and I don't come across like I, I know the answers, man. I've had two failed marriages. I've, I've lost an election. I've been dirt poor. I've been so sad. I had to go to a psychiatrist and get Wellbutrin to deal with the loss. I know what it's like. And so I write about those things because I want people to know it's okay. It's okay. We all go through that, you know? And so they, they may see the guy who graduated first in his class and I got a number one book and I went then I got elected to Congress and I have this beautiful homecoming queen wife, but they don't see the, all the, the psychiatrists and the defeats and, and, and the divorces. And so I wrote this from a place of saying, hey, I am not an extraordinary person. I am an ordinary person. And if I use this formula to get ahead in life, you can do it too. I am not an extraordinary person. I'm using my own words already, but an ordinary person, aren't we all? And we all have the ability, right? We, this is the thing that I know inside of every, 
each and every one of us, we want to be in control. We do. We just want to be in control. The thing that we are most in control of is our ability not to quit. We have control over that. And that's what I'm hearing you say. You had, you, you had all of, you know, I call the trifecta of pain. And, and I, when I describe my life sometimes, oh, I had the trifecta of pain, right? Had illness, had had uh, marriage failure, had job loss, right? the trifecta of pain, right? Mm-hmm. Who has not? If you live long enough, most of us are going to experience our own trifecta of pain. It's not going to be the end of us. That's going to be a really, really exciting part of your story. Just listening to you say that, knowing who you are today, knowing what you've done, makes me so excited. It gives me so much encouragement. I hope it does for our listeners too, to say, it doesn't matter where you are today in your, in your eventual success. I'm going to go ahead and be a spoiler alert for you. You will be successful if you don't quit. If you follow this formula that Rick is talking about, if you find out what excites you, if you give yourself the win in the beginning, if you don't quit, all those voices around you telling you to go to medical school, it had to be hard to say, I'm going to follow my own intuition, my own gut. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I say you have a goal, you have a you have a dream and you got a goal and do it by a timeline where most people screw it up is there's a setback with a particular plan. And rather than just taking a different route to get to the same place, they they quit, you know, and keep the same dream. But realize there's there's different ways to get there. I mean, the way I got to Congress is is different than anyone who's ever done it. You know, because I was a real underdog. I was losing by 27 points, out fundraised four to one. The leader of my own party personally visited my office and asked me to drop out because they say, you don't you don't really have what it takes, buddy. We need you to endorse these other people. But my intuition is saying, stay in, stay in, Rick. I got this. You don't just trust me, stay in. And I trusted it. I have no idea why. I thought maybe you're nuts, you know, but I wrote down a goal to get four hundred thousand dollars. Uh, by a certain date, I had no idea how it happened. I just read that card every morning, every night. And a few a few weeks later, I got a call to come to D.C. It was like American Idol for politician. Everybody had five minutes to give their little talk. They narrowed it on to six, 16 people. I was the last one chosen, the last one to speak. And everybody was all serious. And that's not who I am. And so I walked up there and I said, you know, guys, I've been waiting here for three hours. I feel like Elizabeth Taylor's seventh husband on his honeymoon night. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't know how to make it interesting for you at this point. And that room erupted and I spoke passionately without notes and I walked away and I took my name tag off in the trash and my uh, fundraiser with me ripped that name tag off and, and, and out of the trash and get back. He said, Rick, keep that. That speech has changed your life, man. What well, did the group ranked me number one in the country. They spent $400,000 to support me. And a few months later, against all odds, I won a seat in the United States Congress. I didn't come up with that plan. I never even heard of that group when I thought you know, the universe will take care of that. You you just set the vision and the goal. The universe will get the plan. You, you know, there's a term, I don't know if you know it in your culture, but in mine is you just preached me happy. And that is exactly what you're doing right now. You are using your life, your story. This is real stuff. You couldn't make this up. You couldn't make this up. This is real stuff. If we If we decide that there's more than one way home, Right. You, you, we know that. Right. You take the, the, the highway and you can take the back roads. Right. You still still get there. Just keep going in the direction of the dream of the goal. Read the book. Read the book. Chasing the Bears. Tell us where to where to get the book and all of that. So so that our listeners can avail themselves to their uh, success immediately. 
Sure. You can go on my website, which is rickkeller.net. It's also available on Amazon and Target and Walmart and Barnes and Noble. Um, people are telling me that Amazon is, is mailing it the next day. So that's where a lot of my friends have been getting it. But any of those places have it. Um, love for you to read it. I, I think it's going to be life changing, not because I'm wise, but this formula that I use that changed my life is the same formula that Steve Harvey used, that Jim Carrey used, that Dolly Parton used. You can use it too. Yeah. And I, and I want to say this, we're, we're, we're coming towards the holiday season. We all are going to buy gifts for individuals. We're, we're going to, we're going to do that. That's just who we are. We are giving people. It's the season to give, right? I encourage you to really think about giving somebody this particular book. And I'll tell you why the best thing you can do for someone is to encourage them to support their dreams, to continue with their dreams. The best thing you can do is to be a living example of that, which Rick, you are, to be a living example of that. When people see that you have not given up, that you are still uh, sowing into your own soil, that you are still doing that. You know, and I happen to be in the Northeast part of the country. And I, I talked about on a show that I was on XM radio on Monday. And I talked about as we move into the fall season, as into the winter season, I love this season because this is my season of learning. I'll pick up something new and I'll learn something. I may relearn something, but it's slower, right? It's darker earlier. We're in the house more. Use this season. I'm telling you guys, you will not regret this. I've been doing this for over 30 years. Use this season read this book. It's a quick read. It's an enjoyable read. read. Read this book and then challenge yourself to put it into place. I promise you, by the time the frost starts to melt and the, and the flowers start to bloom, you'll be well on your way. You won't even remember the person you were when you started reading the book, right? Read this book. It will change your life. Well, thank you so much. And I just want your listeners to know it's not too late. It's not too late. You can still be what you what you wish to be. I mean, Colonel Sanders was 62 years old before he opened his first Kentucky Fried Chicken. So don't say, I'm not going to read stuff in my, it's too late for me. No, it's not too late for you, man. You, you can use your gifts right now and be everything you still want to be. Uh, you are living proof of that. Rick, I am super excited to have had you on our show today. We continually get blessed with the best guests. This is um, Dr. Drayvon James, Everyday Peace. I absolutely love our listeners. If you're not part of Leaders in High Heels, I don't know why not. Please go ahead and join our free Facebook group, Leaders in High Heels. Tune in for our next show. Where we'll be bringing you more ways to follow your dreams. Until next time. I absolutely love you. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.